This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host. Welcome, everybody. My name is Lise Kukkonen, and this is Practitioner's Viewpoint. In this series of podcasts, I will be interviewing professionals from around the world about physical activity and how do they see physical activity in their work. So this is the second part of our podcast with Mika Fisk. So Mika is a business coach and a sales and marketing professional. He is helping companies to grow and reach their full potential. He has previously said that he is on a mission to making life feel better for everybody. So welcome back, Mika. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. In the second part of our podcast, we're going to discuss the sales and marketing of uh, physical activity and exercise. And I am so excited to hear your thoughts about this, because often what I've heard from the field is that physical activity and exercise are difficult to market. So how, what do you think? Is this claim true? I would say yes and no. Um, yes, in terms of there's quite a bit of competition out there, which means that it's really difficult for companies to stand out, to differentiate themselves from, from the rest. So yes, in, from that aspect, but then again, no, because there's a lot of potential customers out there. So it's sort of a uh, vice versa type of thing here. Um, where there's a lot of competition, you know, it's difficult to get customers. However, with a lot of competition, there are usually a lot of potential customers. So what it really does come down to is being able to know your customer target groups and then communicating your message in a in the most fascinating way possible to that particular audience my next question is that usually when it comes to the sales and marketing of physical activity or exercise then we do quite well within the groups that already like physical activity or exercise and then it's much more difficult to reach those groups who who would actually need physical activity interventions so what do you think what could we do better to reach the groups that uh, you know all these potential customers yeah this is a great question i think um you know as an outsider as a i mean as a person who's not working in the physical activity field i feel um that the marketing that i often encounter is rather one-sided um from the physical activity companies gyms and and the like um they tend to portray a certain kind of art archetype so to speak um and they tend to portray the effects of their services in a rather one-dimensional way so what i'm trying to say here is that um i think that for a lot of companies working the working in the sort of well-being field, uh, they would have to try to understand and get to know their core customers even better. 
um, also those customers they're trying to reach and they then would have to provide more customer oriented marketing, more customer oriented solutions and not use the staples or the general um, ways of marketing that they tend to use. It's not always about growing muscle. It's not always about, you know, getting leaner. It's not always about, you know, doing more push-ups. I'm, I'm generalizing here on, on purpose, but I do feel that um, you, you would have to diversify your message and really try to get into the core of, you know, those people you're trying to reach because what motivates them, what drives them tends to be different than those who are already, you know, using these services quite a bit. And this is something I think that uh, a lot of companies, not just in the well-being field, but in other fields tend to forget that it's understandable because um, to diversify your message, it means that you basically have to start thinking differently, you know, in-house, in, in the organization and, and sort of accept that the characteristics of, of marketing and characteristics of sales might even change per customer group. Mm, that's a great, yes, I I agree with you, and uh, you said that it's uh, we should have more dimensions. So, uh, which are the dimensions, or what would you see? Um, myself, for example, I've realized that um, uh, physical activity marketing, for for example, for people with uh, mental illness, is one field that we haven't used so much, or and it's and um, and I see that the how do you say the feedback for for marketing for for people with mental illness is has actually been quite quite good. So, can you see as an outsider uh, any other dimensions or? Yeah, I think um, on a on a sort of a global scale, on a bigger scale, um, I'm very happy to see that the biggest companies in the world, if you look at their marketing, um, it's it's different from what it used to be. It's uh, it's more emotion driven, and it's it's even at times um, focused on uh, on a, it. Fo- it tends to focus on things that are not easily necessary, that aren't transparent in what they're necessarily trying to convey. What I'm trying to say here is that they they market in a way that promotes provokes thoughts, provokes emotions, and are directly linked to an experience that the target group is probably having. So in a way, I would call this smart marketing, um, emotion-based marketing. And that's something I think in general that this is the direction that we will probably be moving towards. More marketing will become more human in a way. Do you have some examples that we you'd like to yeah some examples that companies that are actually doing this really well it doesn't have to be in the physical activity marketing but you know maybe something that we all know Mm -hmm. sure sure um well basically all you have to do is open up the tv and look at all these big uh global brands and the way they they produce their stuff um the way they try to convey their message um 
from but from a sort of a local point of view from a from a Finnish point of view there's a company here in Uvascula that provides Shopify services for for businesses called Woolman and Woolman is a good example of providing a, a service that is very um customer oriented in how they depict what what it is they they provide for the customers but yeah all i would say all the big 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 brands in the world are are doing this sort of a there's a there's a clear shift that can be seen in how they try to attract their customers join to stop the worldwide pandemic of inactivity are you a medical doctor physical therapist personal trainer or someone else helping individuals in making a change towards a healthier, better life. Imagine a behavior change tool designed for professionals like you to help your clients achieve better results and at the same time provide you with more income. Fibian is that tool. It offers an evidence-based way for health and wellness professionals to extend their services into coaching. The only thing your client needs to do is put a tiny Fibian device into their pocket for a week. No buttons, no apps, no Bluetooth connections, just a foolproof way to get scientifically accurate data easily. The device collects subjective physical activity data from your client. Furthermore, it forms easy-to-understand visual feedback and lifestyle suggestions towards healthier choices that you can present and discuss with your client. An individual approach encourages and motivates clients to change their lifestyle patterns and gives you an opportunity to strengthen your expert status and distinguish from competition. Fibian helps you to educate and coach your clients through this change towards a more active and healthy life. Strengthen your expert status. Distinguish yourself from the competition. Order Fibian now at Fibian.com. That's F-I-B-O-N dot com. Yeah, I, I don't know if, it, if, if I'm just getting this right, but what, what I'm thinking of is, for example, uh, companies that... Um, you know, as for example, in women's clothing, you'd see a lot of like real size models nowadays. It's not only supermodels, so you kind of, you know, it's quite nice because you get the feel that what would this look on me? So is that something you are? Yes, that's about? <laughs> yes, that's a that's a that's a good example. Definitely, yes, yes. That th that is one aspect where you can see that um, they've those brands working you know within the women's clothing industry or makeup industry there's this clear shift towards a more normalized or or standard image of of what a woman might might like and enjoy and respect so uh my next question is more about sales. We have been now talking about marketing, even though I know that you're you have done most of your work in in the field of sales. So when it comes to sales in in medical services or healthcare services, quite often what that what I've heard is that it's kind of like unethical to sell and it's difficult to sell healthcare. Um, what what do you think about that? Is it is it unethical? Well. Um... The funny thing about sales is that, first of all, everybody has an opinion about it. Um, and, um, it's not just, you know, in the, in the field of 
well-being or physical activity that there are there's this uh sort of an image that sales is somehow bad or or unethical it's it's something that i come across with no matter what the field of you know practices um or business field is but what was actually the question <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that it, it is more unethical to sell for example um healthcare services than um i don't know a new pair of trousers or or ice cream um no definitely not it's uh for me it's it's all the same um i think that the the biggest thing is the assessment of impact on the end user or the customer um that is all that at the end of the day should matter of course with um you know there are certain ethical guidelines field specific ethical guidelines which is a great thing and that's how it should be um these things are regulated within certain fields but no to me it's um it's it, it really comes down to how can you help the customer um and really knowing your customer and if if for any reason you you know the the service you're providing doesn't help the customer enough then they're not going to make the choice of selecting you but no for me there's there's really no difference yeah unless we market or do uh sales then people don't really know about our good services exactly exactly yeah. Yeah. it's all about reaching out to the right people um so now when you think about sales generally in in the physical activity healthcare services so what would be your suggestions to kind of like maybe to small businesses um what could they do better you said something about marketing they they should know their customer is there anything else you'd like to suggest well honestly it all comes down to that i've you know i've worked with a number of s- small businesses over over these past seven years and hand to god hand to heart so to speak um nine out of ten have not sufficiently sort of analyzed who their customer is and they're writing on assumptions and they get those assumptions right somewhat um but yeah my 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 suggestion to almost every customer that i that i work with is that really dig down into your customer segments um because oftentimes like i said maybe 9 out of 10 times they haven't really done the work well enough which you know when 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 you when you hear that um you have to bear in mind that when you don't focus on getting to know your customer and narrowing down your focus group what it means in the short and in the long run is that you spend too much money on wrong target groups you spend too much time on wrong target groups so basically all your hard work is in the risk of going to waste if you are not you know convinced and sure about who it is you want to reach and and what are then the channels that these people or these companies use and target those those channels and those companies so that's i mean i know what people this is a you know know your customer is sort of a even a boring thing because it gets repeated so much but like i said every company that walks through our front door here at the start of factory 
if I look at their target groups, I'm going to go, mm, no, 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 you, you got to get back to work. This isn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great advice. Um, so just like we're, we're slowly coming to the end of our podcast, but I'd like to really know from your point of view, what is what do you think are the future developments um, in the sales and marketing for for physical activity, maybe healthcare in a way also? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think, well, for one, I think there will be tools will be developed that will help you target more um, individual customers. Um, so I'm, I'm seeing a trend that will probably lead to uh, a place where reaching out to individual customers through these tools is going to be one one big change. And then another is the more emotion-based marketing. Uh, small, even more and more small and business small businesses are starting to realize that they have to diversify and they have to make their meaning more or sorry make their marketing more attractive and interesting there i think a lot of people are realizing that we can go we, we cannot proceed like we used to proceed we have to do something to make sure our brand is interesting and appealing to everybody so those are the two big things that i'm i'm seeing and um also a third part the third thing um a lot of people tend to think that inbound marketing is the way the world is going to work in the future. Wrong. You're still going to need sales. You're still going to need those people skills. Um, so that's sort of a, an old theme that, you know, just keeps staying fresh. So for anybody listening and thinking that we're going to go 100% inbound, great, but just make sure you have those, you know, traditional people selling skills because you're going to need them no matter what your service is. Yeah, I mean, you have to get to the people. So I, I do agree that there is a reason why, why companies still have sales sales departments. Don't you think so? Yes, yeah. definitely. Yes. Definitely. Great. Um, I'm so glad that you agreed to be our guest today, Mika. It was a lot and, of fun. Uh, Thank you. And uh, do you, just for my last question for you, do you have a goal in uh, in the physical activity and exercise levels? Do you have a goal for the upcoming year that you'd like to reach or do you feel that you're in a really good place? Um, yeah, th there is a goal that I would like to reach, um, which is four hours of physical activity each week and um to make sure that i stick to that and then um then go back to the nutrition part even a bit more those are the two things that i'm sort of focusing in on and also waiting for that call from Fibion to get me another subscription <laughs> <laughs> i make sure that they will give you Great. give you a call Thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you, Liz. And thank you for all our listeners. We will be back next week with a new guest. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. 
This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in this show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you use. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.